Hey, Hawkeye fans, Chad Lysico, Tyler Tashman of the Des Moines Register. We've been here before, have we not? Uh, trying to figure out a way to explain how Iowa won a game in the Big Ten West. Today they do it 13-10 uh, to 10 against Nebraska with a walk-off field goal from a walk-on kicker that nobody uh, uh, knew about before maybe about an hour ago, <laughs> Marshall Meter. And uh, uh, Tyler, how do you explain this one? I'm still trying to wrap my head around what we saw because that last like less than a minute sequence was just absolute chaos because Deacon Hill throws the interception and you're thinking, oh, well, maybe they give Nebraska another chance to uh, win the game. And then uh, Ethan Herkett, I mean, that was just massive play, comes up with the interception and, and um, Iowa gets the ball back. LeSean Williams, that run was just massive that he had um, to, to get closer into – uh, to make it a more manageable field goal. And then Drew Stevens, uh, who, you know, he has been good this season, had the game winner against Northwestern, uh, struggled against Nebraska. They go with Marshall Meter, and I'm guessing we're going to get more into him, but he's just a, an incredible story, kind of the next unlikely story in what has been an unlikely season for Iowa. Uh, but he comes in, nails the game winner. It was like, I don't, I just don't know if you could – it, to me, it perfectly encapsulated Iowa's regular season. You have a, a kicker that hadn't attempted a single kick this season right. uh, coming into the game to attempt a, a potentially game-winning field goal. He actually told us post-game, like he was – he entered the portal and was basically ready to just hang it up, like to, to be done playing football, and comes in, makes the kick. Iowa's, you know, won 10 games in the regular season, 10-2. and two, Just – it's just been an absolute – chaotic season but it just what a what a way to finish the regular season yeah how about the uh, all the transfer portal stuff uh from the offseason comes full circle here with the two least discussed transfers deacon hill and marshall meter uh becoming up big and then how about this it also ties in the gambling story because marshall meter would not be here if aaron blom hadn't bet the under on the 2021 iowa iowa state game <laughs> aaron blom uh, you know, basically, you know, done for football for, for life because of that. And Iowa has to scramble just to get a backup kicker. And so that's why Marshall meter is here. Uh, yeah. As Dargan points out, his, his arrival came 12 days before the season opener. Uh, I know Tyler's writing more about him, so I don't want to spoil too much, but yeah, he, it was a, a guy that didn't have any nibbles in the portal. He was going to move on with his life. And here he is kicking a 38 yard field goal. Uh, so many key moments to set that all up, uh, as as somebody said on Twitter, and I kind of loved it. You know, an interception by Hill to set up the interception by Hurricane. You know, it's like typical Iowa football. But how about how big is that holding penalty on Nebraska on the return, on the interception return? Because I, uh, you know, they would have been in field goal range, I think, because Iowa threw that pick and in, in its own territory, that pushes them back to the forty-five, and the dominoes kind of fall from there. So, thirteen to ten. Uh, I still don't think Deacon Hill needed to go backwards five yards. It didn't seem like there was uh, much room to spare on Mr. Meter's kick, but uh, you know what? It's just it's par for the course for Iowa football. They it had just enough to get over the bar. And and for the struggles that uh, Drew Stevens had, Nebraska had a that field goal in the fourth quarter that could have put them up thirteen to ten. Missed that. That was also key, I guess. And sort of evening out the the missed field goals for Iowa. But it's crazy to think, and Kirk Ferentz after the game, 
he he ranted about the Minnesota game uh, again for at length. He was pretty clearly in. I, I felt like we had kind of moved on from that, but obviously he's been kind of stewing over it for a while. And, and after he's probably feeling good after a win. So, you know, he was letting his frustration out, but if Iowa wins the Minnesota game and I hate to play like the, what if card, Iowa has one loss. They're in contention for the college football playoff. They basically just have to win. They, they would have to win the big 10 title game to get there. Obviously that's not where we're at, but like, to a certain extent, it almost just feels like this Iowa team is like it's it's almost just like a team of destiny. Like and I, I tweeted, this is like their cat with like nine lives. I don't know what life they're on, but apparently they still have some left. Uh, but it, it just it's it's they almost can do no wrong in terms of when it comes comes down to making winning football plays. And obviously they lose to Penn State and and the loss to Minnesota. But like it's just it's almost unfathomable how they keep continue to come up with these, uh, you know, clutch plays. Cause you look at the Northwestern game, Michigan state, Illinois. Now this game, that's like four wins right there that just went down to the wire. Yeah. And uh, the offense with just two first downs in the second half. And one of them was on the leash on Williams 22 yard run. I mean, how big was that? Uh, Deacon Hill basically saying the offensive line was like, like fired up when it was 10-10. They just wanted one more chance. And this, this was after Deacon Hill threw the interception. They just wanted like one chance. They were talking, just put us back on the field, either in overtime or now, and we're going to get it done. And, you know, Nebraska comes in with the nation's number five rush defense, and LeSean Williams runs at 22 yards from the 37 to the 15. Again, I don't think you needed to go back five yards to take a knee and center the kick. I think two yards would have been enough. But Deacon Hill said after he almost fell in the end zone over here, which – how about that, uh, Tyler? I mean, is that LeSean Williams' biggest contribution today? 53-yarder, 22-yarder, but if he doesn't catch that random pitch in the end zone, that's a safety. And maybe even a Nebraska touchdown with Deacon Hill throwing it up for grabs basically in the end zone. So good job by LeSean, who Kirk Ferentz keeps reminding us had one of the worst plays of the season against Michigan State. You know, fumble six for them, but he's really uh, yeah, LeSean deserves. I don't know about if you gave out five game balls, he would definitely be in the top. Sixteen carries, one hundred and eleven yards. I feel like he's been like maybe one of the most pleasant surprises, not only on Iowa's offense but on in the entire team. Like the everything that the offense has had to deal with, whether that be Cade's injury, uh, Eric All, Luke Lachey. Um, Caleb Johnson missing time, Jazz Patterson missing time. LeSean has kind of been that rock offensively. And I think coming into the season, not a whole lot of people would have necessarily expected that because he was kind of overshadowed last season by what Caleb Johnson did as a freshman. And then there was an expectation coming into the season that Caleb Johnson uh, would be, you know, a a breakout candidate for uh, a few reasons that hasn't really transpired this season. But LeSean has been just such a pleasant surprise in terms of what he has brought to Iowa's offense, being that kind of consistent contributor. And then he did have that big mistake against Michigan State, uh, but bounced back from that. I mean, if you look at he almost basically won them the Wisconsin game by himself with that long touchdown run. Um, but he is just – he's kind of packs a nice uh, – for not, he's not a big guy, but he packs a nice punch of speed and power and, uh, you know, just – he, he said after the game, like he credits his o, the O-line for what he's done this season. But like, 
he also deserves credit for the, the toughness that he's shown uh, a veteran guy in the program and really an offense that has badly needed someone to rely on. Like he has been, he has kind of been that guy. Let's talk a little bit about the decision to bench Drew Stevens. I mean, here's a guy that was, uh, I think he was second team all American last year uh, by one service. Uh, he was, you know, certainly, you know, one of the better kickers in the big 10 as a true freshman had, had had a great season kicks the game winner 53 yards at Northwestern or at Wrigley Field, you know, just three weeks ago, right, or 20 days ago. And, uh, you know, Kirk Ferentz makes the decision to to sit him down after getting two field goals blocked in the first half. And then uh, the last straw for him was a kickoff that went – a second kickoff that went out of bounds, which is a huge no-no. Um, and Brian Ferentz and, and Drew Stevens were – jawing uh, toward the end of that first half as well. So I don't know what was said there exactly, but there were there was so much angst down there because the the kicking game couldn't finish what the offense had done in that first half, which was, um, you know, a lot of good things. They gained 200 yards. Uh, they got down there, you know, inside the red zone twice and got no points out of those trips. I mean, you think about the field goal or the, the fumble recovery by Carson Shire. Uh, off the punt right out of the gate and uh, no points out of that with the block kick. And then, yeah, the 53 yard run by Leishon turns into no points as well. So uh, all in all the under hits, Iowa wins, everything's normal. <laughs> it all evens out, I guess, but no, I mean, I thought Iowa's offense did some really good things in the first half. Um, Deacon Hill looked like he was in a rhythm, uh, you know, running game O-line was doing enough. And if Iowa has, if they want any shot, uh, in the Big Ten Championship. And obviously the probability, regardless of who they play, is already pretty slim. If they want any shot, they have to be able to take advantage, um, you know, of those opportunities to be able to cash in, uh, get the field goal. Because even like uh, they had the turnover that they weren't able to turn into points. So, uh, you know, it, it was a very flawed performance. And part of the reason that I was even in the situation was part of their own doing because they were up 10 nothing and I think if you knew I would be up 10 nothing in the first half you probably be feel pretty good about their chances but uh just kind of offense kind of fell apart in the second half and then also Caleb Brown left the game with the injury Jennings Dunker in the first half uh left the game due to injury so it's like it, it almost felt like at a certain point is is what I was dealt with like insurmountable like at what point is are they just going to break and it's probably going to happen at some point, but they they made sure that today wasn't the day. So, but uh, Dunker and Brown be interesting to see what their status is moving forward because they've been you know important parts to Iowa's offense. So, let's talk a little bit maybe about the defense. Uh, this was a a really good rush defense effort. I mean, Chuba Purdy ends up being Nebraska's leading rusher, uh, 12 carries for 42 yards. I believe Iowa had two sacks, but they weren't big yardage sacks. Uh, but, but Nebraska really did not get going in the run game ever. Uh, and this was a team that had run the ball really well as a, as a squad this year. So, And then, it, like I said, fifth-ranked run de rush defense in the country, and Iowa gains 163 yards on the ground on 40 carries against the Huskers. So, you know, you – you like that uh, if you're the Hawkeyes, obviously not not Deacon Hill's best day, but uh, 
He gets into the end zone on the sneak. That proves to be Iowa's only touchdown of the day. Deacon 11 of 21 uh, or 11 of 28 for 94 yards. But what do you think about the defense? It seemed like Phil Parker was was really throwing a lot of blitzes at Purdy and just trying to make something happen. And, you know, they gave up the one big play, but they they held them without points after it got to 10-10. You got to give them like a lot of credit yet again. Castro was flying around all over the place. Like, uh, you know, he was, he was all over the field, but I, it, it, it is, I feel like even more so today became apparent how much Iowa misses Cooper to Gene because Deshaun Lee has been really good. Obviously started the two games in place of Jamari Harris to start the season. Um, then, you know, kind of took a back seat, but now with Cooper getting hurt uh, back into a bigger role, he got beat pretty much flat out beat on that long touchdown. And, and, I felt like we were kind of seeing some of Nebraska was able to make some of those explosive plays that Iowa really hasn't allowed that much this season. And for the most part, Iowa was, Iowa was keeping them in check, but there were some of those kind of uh, ones that they broke free as, you know, in the passing game. And it, it's one story to do it against Nebraska. If, if they're facing Marvin Harrison jr. Uh, in Indianapolis, that's a whole nother challenge. Uh, so I think Deshaun Lee, and, and again, I think he's done largely a really good job, but it's those little slip ups that cause the major explosive plays that are that can really hurt you because Iowa's defense in the first half was really good for like 98 percent of the time. But that one slip up was just major. And those are the type of things that, uh, you know, I think basically Iowa in the Big Ten championship, they'll have to play like basically a perfect game uh, to to even probably have a chance to win. But at the same time, uh, you just wonder, like, is is Iowa – are they destined to just do something weird? Because this season has been so weird. There's been so many games that Iowa uh, should not have lost that uh, – or should not have won that they uh, have. So you just wonder, like, Indianapolis could get weird. It, they'll probably lose, but you never know with this team. Uh, three big, pl- three 20 plus plays for Nebraska totaled 113 yards. Uh, it was all in the passing game. And then outside of that, Nebraska gains only 151 on 55 plays. So defense really did. And that's not with any big negative plays in there either. So the defense really did a good job outside of those. Um, we'll definitely have time to talk about the Big Ten title game. But let's get into some three word headlines now because Tyler does have to uh, get moving. Uh, your parents came to the gate. That was nice of them. I hope they stayed warm. Yeah, probably not, but uh, I think they enjoyed it. And <laughs> yeah, I don't it, think so. Yeah. It was freezing for the – like it was – Deacon Hill was like this was by far the coldest game that he – as a kid from California that he had played in. But entire offensive line going sleeveless. Uh, I was down there before, and I know you were down there before the game. I had gloves on. Really couldn't feel my hands or fingers. So, like, it was – it was cold. It was very cold. All right, let's run through some three-word headlines. Uh, Hawkerella with the first one here. Revenge served cold. Did you see the Hawkeye football tweet about the the game with the trophy up? That was savage. Well, no, what was it? <laughs> it was just uh, uh, it was it was kind of a doctored image or not doc. It showed uh, right next to three hundred ninety-six consecutive sellouts it said like seven straight seasons without a bowl and then there was all these empty seats in the upper deck uh, kind of mocking the sellout streak so 
credit to you for using savage that's some you're fitting in some young person lingo in there. So <laughs> very very well done that was properly used appreciate that appreciate that my 13 year old son helps me stay uh very moderately hip but my 11 year old still calls me cringe all the time she says dad you're so cringe um uh, Cody Hills, never a doubt. How about Pat Forty from the College Football Inquirer, national writer? He says, if we're being charitable, clutch backup kicker. If not, that was gross. So, <laughs> you know, uh, it, it was, it ended up being kind of what everyone expected, kind of a low scoring game. Uh, <laughs> uh, Todd Camp. how about this? Next man win. I like that one. I like that one. Uh, David Burge, Kinnick West Magic. That's six straight games for the Hawkeyes now to win in Memorial Stadium. That's pretty, pretty darn impressive. Um, Kennington Smith did weigh in. I got to find his at some point. I retweeted it. Uh, we'll get to his uh, at some point. Um, yeah, Tavern Hawk. Who's Marshall Meter? Any more to add on the Meter story there, Tyler? Um, no, just other than I mean he he's. Uh, studying engineering, right, is what he was saying, and uh, he was he was basically ready to hang it up. He, he was from Central Michigan, entered the portal, thought you know was ready to be done with football. Then Iowa reached out. You know he he didn't turn it down, and he, and he didn't attempt to kick the entire season up to the very you know the very last play of this game. So I like this one from Scott Murley. Uh, pick, kick, win. <laughs> Instead of pick, six, pick, kick, win. I love that because that's exactly the sequence uh, that happened there. Uh, Tyler Fortner, goodbye Big Ten West. Yes, this is the last official Big Ten West game that the Hawkeyes will play. That was a fitting fitting way to end it. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Uh, Hawkeyes, he weighed in, and I gave him a little shout-out on, um, even though it wasn't three-word headline submission, but he said uh, a dirty ten and two is better than a purdy five and seven. Mm. I like I nice like word that. play. Nice word play. I like that. Oh, and I found Kennington Smiths. Okay, so uh, he said uh, should be eleven. So should be eleven and one. Uh, Kirk Ferentz agrees. Uh, who is ninety two? I like that one too. And uh, he says indie miracle possibility question mark. So uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I'm not going to give much of a chance. We're going to watch the game tomorrow, but uh, they're mm -hmm. going to have to. Get, they're going to have to get some guys healthy. If I mean, Dunker's got to be healthy. Caleb Brown's got to be healthy. You know, maybe Logan Jones gets healthy. Uh, it's it's going to take a miracle to stay close next week. They're they're going to need to clean up the. I mean, the mistakes that they made today. You know, like they can't. Those little things aren't going to be. Uh, allowed the, the missed field goals, all that. They're basically going to have to play a perfect game for, for it to have a chance. So. Last one here from Omaha, 402. we got to give an Omaha uh, the chance to weigh in since this game was from Nebraska. In Nebraska, no bowl Nebraska. So that is seven straight without a bowl. That's crazy, isn't it? They had four chances to get to a bowl game under first-year coach Matt Rule, and uh, they lost them all. Three – Games by three points and another in overtime. It, it's, Hard to inter believe. it's interesting to watch like the discrepancy between Iowa and Nebraska because it feels like these are the types of games that like Iowa pulls a Houdini act and somehow wins, and then Nebraska just 
somehow manages to lose or like manages to lose, manages to blow uh, like that. I feel like that's kind of been the narrative for each program. Iowa, the, the, the margin of error is Iowa comes on the right side of it. Nebraska comes on the wrong side of it. And that, uh, that proved to be true today. Uh, Dargan tells us that Iowa is plus 1200 on the money line against Michigan plus 1400 on the money line against Ohio state. So that those are your odds in Vegas. If you want to take Iowa straight up to win, the spreads are kind of like in the 22 range right now. Uh, but you know, obviously the hypothetical matchups, uh, hasn't been set yet. And we'll get to watch that tomorrow at 11 AM Tyler. Uh, any final thoughts as we, uh, I want to let you go cause your folks are waiting for you. And, uh, you know, I got to get right into, and I got to drive back and, Family's waiting for me, so we're going to keep it short. But uh, any final thoughts on your first – this is your first trip to Memorial Stadium. I've covered six of these in a row. I've covered six wins in a row for the Hawkeyes. This is your first. Uh, what was your – any final thoughts? Uh, it was I, – I thought it was a good atmosphere. It was a – It was. A, I like the stadium for the first time being here. Um, also, just hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving, uh, was able to spend time with – friends, family, loved ones, you know, be thankful and, and grateful for what you have. So I uh, just hope everyone is safe and, uh, and doing well. And the Hawkeye basketball team plays at the men play at five, the women, I think at six 30. I hope I have that right. Uh, Hawkeyes against Seton Hall today, right? Yep. Indeed. Yeah. indeed. Coming off a really tough game against Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. We won't talk about that. We're going to talk about a positive basketball stuff. And, uh, <laughs> and Dargan is down in Florida, by the way, putting this podcast together for us. So thank you, Dargan. Uh, he, he messages that Iowa women are 36 and a half point favorites against Indiana, Purdue, Fort Wayne today. I don't think Iowa men are heavily, as heavily favored against Seton Hall. But. No, well, I'm, they, they went all the way down to Florida to play some team from Indiana. It's like <laughs> they met, met in the Midwest and then, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, logical. So. Uh, on this holiday, we are thankful for you, our listeners, Hawk Central uh, subscribers, followers, everybody who reads our work, who pays attention to us. We love doing this for you. We're thankful for you and uh, hope you enjoyed this podcast. Hope you enjoy the rest of your holiday weekend. For Tyler Tashman, Chad Leistico saying so long and uh, talk to you from Indy.